Uh, Alexa, play the latest episode of Worst Case Scenario. I can't get the program Worst Case Scenario, <laughs> part three, from tuning my mail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so the Amazon Echo arrived as class. But uh, it doesn't recognize our podcast in the directory. Not that I listen to myself in the kitchen or anything like that. But, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're thinking about other people who might want to listen to you in the kitchen. You know, yeah, that's it. There's a subset um, of people listen to us and have the Echo or Alexa. Exactly. Uh, I think that's, that's probably our biggest market. <laughs> um, right up there with the, the left-handed avocado farmers. Um, so, uh, yeah, so this... Dave, can you change the voice in your Alexa? Um, you well, as far as I know, the voice is always female. And can you change the accent? You can have an American accent or a UK accent. And which one did you choose? Well, the default for my one is UK. After I was on to Amazon customer service and transferred three times, um, the default is UK, and you can call it, um, you can call it Alexa, you can call it Echo, or you can call it Amazon. And I've heard rumors that pretty soon you'll be able to call it computer, like in Star Trek, which I think is pretty cool. Because I think, um, like, Alexa's probably a weird one because, um, you know, a lot of people could have an Alexa in the family or even a few times, you know, I was messing around with it and kind of Alex kind of picks up on it sometimes, you know. Um, So, um, yeah, very good recognition, very accurate very nice um have you tried to, doing any like funny voices or different accents or anything to see like have you tried doing not like, really, a, re- a really but, like heavy limerick accent or something not really um but i do try and like whisper things sometimes or i'll mumble across the room and it it works like it's scary um literally i i don't think a person standing that far away would know what i said a lot of the time. So Dave, you had your first Alexa, which you had to return. And now you've got a second one, um, which is working, but you spent some time talking to Amazon support. Yeah, no hardware issues, but plenty of software issues, which are now resolved. So what went down? So I suppose for whatever reason, none of my audiobooks are showing up. So I'm, I've been a subscriber to Audible for many years now probably more than i'd care to to think of um and basically they weren't showing up and that's kind of one of the reasons i bought it as well because if i can just go i can walk in from the the car and just go alexa keep playing my audiobook and she'll spring to life and play it and i can stop it and then the next morning when i'm on the way to work it'll pick up from where i left off you know um so that that kind of thing really appealed to me. Um, but none of them were showing up. And it kept direct, directing me to audible.com, despite being a UK Alexa. So um emailed Amazon from their portal, got an email back saying, contact Audible. Uh, so clicked the link to contact Audible, went into the chat. Audible, which is owned by Amazon, a right? owned subsidiary, um, <laughs> but are operated independently. Um but so I went on to the Audible chat 
And even though they're completely separate companies, the Audible guy managed to transfer me to the Amazon guy <clears throat> in the same chat. Wow. Um, <laughs> so basically, um, the when you bought Kindles here originally, you bought your books through the US Amazon, not the UK one. I have no idea why, but when I got a Kindle a few years ago, that's what you had to do. So I imagine that's not too long ago. Like I probably only have the Kindle five years, I want to say. Um, so that changed and Amazon keep showing me banners saying, oh, did you move? Buy your books from the UK now. Um, but you have to do a transfer and it's once and then you can't put it back and all this sort of stuff. So I was just, the, the fear of committing to that was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> changed to only buying my audio, my um, my Kindle books from Amazon UK. I don't know. Because um, back then the pound and the dollar, like, you know, the dollar was much better. Now, eh, I don't know, is there much um, much of a difference between the two of them uh, for for the, the Kindle stuff anyway. And basically, I had to do that for it to work. So I had to transfer my Kindle from Amazon US to Amazon.co.uk. Um, apparently, the, the home base setting for the Kindle seemed to dictate a lot more on the Alexa than it should have. So now... Uh, can you uh, be listening to an audiobook in your car, uh, get out of the car into the house and say, Alexa, play my audiobook that I was listening to and it'll continue where you left off? Yeah, just Alexa, play my audiobook and she just plays the last one cool. that you were listening to from the last position. It's class. What are you using it for is. music again? Does it work with Spotify? I can't remember. Works with Spotify. It also works with Amazon Music, obviously. And sometimes it gets confused, which is annoying because you just wanted to play everything on Spotify. But sometimes it's like, oh, I can't find that artist on Amazon Music. And I'm like, you're an idiot. Right. But, you know. Does it have so, um, any Apple Music at all? Apple Music, no. Right. But you can upload your own stuff to it. It's also a Bluetooth speaker, like, so, you know, if you're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know... And and you can pair it by voice, so I can just go Alexa pair Bluetooth, and it it connects to my phone straight away without having to actually take the phone out of my pocket even. So it could be like Alexa, and then you could be like Alexa pair Bluetooth. Hey Siri, play <laughs> Apple Music, um, and that would actually work. So technically, you could manage to do it hands free, but that's just. Um, it's just ridiculous. So, um, yeah, that's that's the 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 basics of the Amazon Echo. You can just depend on Spotify to your query, and it'll get it right every time. Anyway, um, and it's pretty cool if you just say "play artist name," then it does that. The kind of you know the top tracks off Spotify. Okay. Um, and it, you can say "play my Discover Weekly." It picks that Ooh. up no problem. Like it's it's really good. Any playlists you have, but what I think I'm going to do is give it its own account, its own Spotify account, because Spotify, as we know, is limited to one one listen, um, one device listening. So that's in the kitchen and someone's listening to it. Then it's set up at my Spotify account, so then I can't listen to Spotify. Or I can, but then it kicks can off the, the kitchen. Can you do any family stuff with it? The family sharing? Yeah, so I have the family, I have a family account thing on, on Spotify. So what I'll probably do is, so I've, I've most of the family on it, but I was, I had one spot that I was saving for, um, <laughs> Jacob related music, but that'll probably end up being the, uh, the Alexa account. So, and then what I can do is I can set up because the discover weeklies 
um, do you know, I'd wanted to play my Discover Weekly, Denise had her Discover Weekly, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So I'm going to come up with some sort of uh, if this, then that, that will set up both the Discover Weeklies on it and stuff like that. So it's a bit more Play, um, play the good Discover Weekly. Friendly. That's yours. And then play the crap one. It could be for anyone else. <laughs> That's it, yeah. <laughs> so I also got um, some LifeX smart bulbs the 800 white ones so you can only change them to different shades of white and you can dim them and everything so they work brilliantly with the echo and basically you can you can just say turn on the lights turn off the lights set the brightness to 50 percent you know really good and very responsive some of the light bulbs do lose their network connection though so i have to look into that but it's it's kind of a known problem with the with the life x bulbs apparently so they they recommend putting them on their own network. <laughs> oh, lovely. And Dave, how complex was the um, the getting the bulbs to talk to Alexa or vice versa? Like, what did you have to do to get it working? So each of the bulbs has its own Wi-Fi thing to set it up, first of all. So you use the app, you connect to the bulb's Wi-Fi, and then it connects back to your Wi-Fi. So that's straightforward enough. You have to create a LifeX account so that you you can control them if you're not at home. So I can be out and about and remember that I had left the lights on and I can turn them off. Or even if this, then that, so that when I arrive home, that the lights will turn off. You know, that that kind of stuff. Um, So that's tedious enough because... Um, at least you only have to do it once per bulb and then you've to just install the LifeX skill in Alexa there's only there's two on the US one but there's only one on the um, the UK one so it doesn't have the full functionality but you literally install that and you go search for devices they all show up and then what you can do is you can create groups and aliases and stuff like that um for the the bulbs so i have a few like i've um like the sitting room i also have living room um you know kitchen table dining table table that kind of thing so any any use of those words will turn on that specific light without having to be you know so give it a few options and a skill is the sort of amazon echo app i suppose that, yeah that's the sort of the granular unit so it sounds like it's it's talking to the lights locally it's not talking to them through lifix servers or anything um hard to know to be honest uh okay. could be both but i'd imagine that it's it's probably local no point in okay. going over if if you if like how hard do you think it would be for someone less technical than you to get all this stuff up and running because some of the stuff you said like you had to intervene a bit or you would still need to kind of jig around a few different things. Uh, do you think people will be put off at this stage? Do you think it could be easier? Oh, it could well be easier. I think people will get pissed off more than anything. I don't think anyone would not be able to do right. it. But it, it would um, require a lot of like going online and finding out stuff. Yeah, one or two of the bulbs didn't didn't pair properly the first time, mm-hmm. so then they weren't they weren't showing up there. They weren't showing up on my Wi-Fi. They weren't emitting their Wi-Fi, so they were just stuck in some weird state. So then I had to find out how to do a reset on the bulb, which involves flicking the light switch on and off five times. (laughs) Um, And then um, I have to do a firmware update on the bulbs, which uh, causes them to flicker, but um, to kind of, you know, stay... uh, 
dim for one second, then get brighter for one second, and then it get brighter for another second. And so I can imagine sitting, sitting down eating dinner while there's a firmware upgrade going on. Have you like just found, I guess you'll get to a point where you'll just find an optical brightness, maybe like say 50, 60%, and you'll probably just stick with it. And then do you think you'll just be using Alexa and the app like to turn them on and off rather than constantly adjusting what they, like the luminosity i guess or whatever from them yeah i mean i think i have um if if you do the 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 light bulbs first of all have a default um setting so if even let's say i'm set to five percent brightness and really warm yellow or something ridiculous and you come down in the middle of the night and you can't see anything you just turn it off and turn it back on again you get full brightness Uh, so um that's handy but um I think there's there's a good range of colors and I've settled on on the just the warm color I think it's called and about 75% brightness for for most True. for most things. So I've the the lights in the kitchen and I've the lamp in the sitting room which is pretty good. So with the app with the the LifeX app as well you can have all sorts of pre uh you can have all sorts of presets and scenes and stuff so I can be like you know you can have like a a dim one for watching movies you can have a bright one for you know lost my phone oh, you can have you know um but uh alexa doesn't doesn't talk to them yet and does siri or does the home app on the iphone talk to them no it doesn't so that's another kind of segmenting of the the smart home thing so um apple's um home kit requires fairly strong encryption and I don't think the LifeX bulbs provide that because the way Philips Hue and all the other competitors work is they're really dumb bulbs, but the smartness is in a little hub um, that connects to your Wi-Fi and wirelessly controls the, the bulbs. And with the LifeX, each one of them is its own hub and computer. So maybe whatever they have isn't powerful enough to do the encryption. So as far as I know, that's why it doesn't work with um HomeKit, cool. but okay. of course you can download some software, put it on a Raspberry Pi, and they work with HomeKit. Right. So I'll be doing I'll be doing that <laughs> next weekend. I, I guess it's just so they, time to get to the configurations. I guess having it in a widget or something like in HomeKit probably is quicker. Or is there widgets with the LifeX app? Oh, there's a LifeX widget. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And you can do it without unlocking the phone, obviously. Yeah. If you have that, if you have that setting on. No, it's really it's really good. Like you know, I just love being able to to change the brightness as well like and to to be able to turn on you know to be able to have only one light on the kitchen even though there there's several of them from the one switch you know it's really really nice and as well you can just say turn off all lights and all the lights go off so you don't have to go around turning all the lights off <laughs> that's cool that is cool so they have an offer on at the moment six bulbs for 99 dollars. so i think i'm gonna do it and get six more uh, four. I have only four, but I'm going to get six more. I think. Thomas. Yeah, slightly tempted. Then we get Dave to do some more debugging, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you you got to come out and play with it soon, anyway. Yes, looking forward to Christmas. Actually, get out over to yours. The yeah. bundle is the bundle is six bulbs. You're getting Dave. Are they also monochromatic, or are you tempted by the color ones, or? Uh, monochromatic i'd get one or two of the color ones probably for like the kids room and stuff like that um where it'd be a bit of bit of fun like but to be honest the the 
the white bulbs go fairly yellow. So, you know, what I want to do as well is have it in the the bedroom as an alarm clock, like so that the, the light bulb turns on and gradually gets brighter uh, and, and then goes yeah. into strobe mode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, some of the some of the stuff in the the app are fairly cool. Actually, the LifeX app, you can have spooky mode where the lights randomly dim like a horror movie. Um, and then after two minutes, if you have the colored ones, they all go red and then turn off. Hmm. So I think next Halloween, I'm going to have uh, quite the, cool. I suppose, quite the display in the, the front windows. Um, <laughs> and you can do, uh, there's a visualizer, which is kind of crap, to be honest. Um, but you can get third party ones. And there's um, strobe, which is ridiculous. And there is, you can kind of color cycle it through all the, the different shades of white. Um, obviously, if you had a color bulb, that would that would cycle through it. There's also candle mode, so it looks like a candle. Wow. Which is really, really good, actually. Um, like a, like a, so you have- a weird flicker kind of thing, is it? Yeah. So they, they look like, it, it's, it's as if there's a <laughs> candles on the ceiling. Pure Harry Potter. Um, yeah, it's it's really really good effect. Like, so you you have the sort of smart alarm system. You have the smart light bulb system. What do you think is next on your list for your uh, ever smartening home? I'm having a lot of trouble getting the heating right. Uh-huh. Um, it's not very well balanced, and I've been trying to, um trying to kind of get all the the rads even and stuff and it's uh not working out too well um even with my temperature probe from from Lidl (laughs) um it's uh it's difficult enough so I'm probably going to get the thermostatic uh rad valves not smart ones though just uh the the uh the regular old thermostatic ones but I've Two zones plus the hot water. Okay. So I would have to buy two nests or two hives or two. So it gets it gets expensive fairly quickly. Yeah, and those, I had a look at the nest and they're really not, I think, as good for multi-zone systems. So as you know, we I had the problem with our heating last episode, which is sort of fixed, but I think our heating control system is going to need to be replaced um and yeah it's a zone per room so that's a um a thermostat per room so and despite the expense i just think those systems aren't really designed to work like that yeah i think it's an irish uk kind of thing um because even on most of the the websites they have a section for the uk and ireland and it's kind of like do you have one of these weird heating systems from the uk and ireland (laughs) um you know uh so hive is british gas i think so i'd imagine that that will work a bit better over here um so i'll look into that but it's it's down the road like i mean but it's just um i suppose it's a good thing but the house is just too hot i have a vision uh, a sort of I have a vision of the Sims family in about five years' time, sort of 
huddling in the cold because daddy upgraded this home server to Python 4 or something. <laughs> and everybody just sort of crying in the cold. <laughs> and then uh, and then while that was on, he decided to do a firmware upgrade on the light bulb. Yeah. So they're also in the dark, in the dark as well. Um, and Alexa is stuck playing bad music. And, <laughs> yeah. But I'd, I'd definitely get um, another Alexa or an Echo without hesitation. Um, so what's the... What's the adjunct, the the mini thing called? The dot? The dot, yeah. Uh, tempted by that? So that, it's not a speaker, it's just a... Yeah, no, it has a speaker in it, it's just not a good speaker. Oh, okay. So it's it's literally the, the, the top of the Alexa with the, the good speaker chopped out and uh, a bad speaker. Just just for the voice, really, but it, it'll play all the stuff through it, but um, it'll connect to a Bluetooth speaker and it has an auxiliary out as well. Okay. Cool. So you could put it into a speaker system or a sound system if you had it. Cool. Tempted by any of these wonderful inventions. When you when you said six bulbs there for 99, that's a bit of a steal. Just for even... Uh, it's not a huge... 16 quid, like, I mean... Yeah, it's not a huge investment, I guess. No, that's I get, it. If I own my own place, but uh, um, I... Yeah, I might actually. I might. But they're just bulbs. You don't have to change anything with the hardware. You've good Wi-Fi. You've uh, you've mm-hmm. uh, Airport Express, Extreme, yeah. whatever. You know. So that's what I'm going to do next. Actually, I'm going to get an Airport Express before they disappear, and uh, use that for my for my Wi-Fi instead. Because I'd imagine that's the the problem with the bulbs. Yeah, I'm so enchanted by the idea of HomeKit. And I accept that, A, it's the idea of it rather than the probable actuality of it. And a and just the expense of going down the official home kit route. Um, so I'm a bit stuck, I think. Also, I think, Dave, you've been remarkably sort of restrained. I think if I started with this, I, I couldn't stop. I'd just be, I'd, I'd be trying to automate everything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you don't know. <laughs> I guess for the, 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 uh, from the guys just about to buy another six smart bulbs. <laughs> yeah, I'm const- I'm constrained by money, but not not restrained. Um, basically, um, so yeah, that's that's that, and uh, yeah. Because I think the problem with the Philips Hue as well is they're all the bloody Edison screw types. They're not all, but they're the they're a lot easier to come by, you know. Okay. And you can buy them off even Amazon.co.uk. Is that? I mean, I know that there's a few of that type of bulb still around, but like, do you have any of them in your houses? Um, are you talking bayonets or Edison is the screw type? The screw type, yeah. See, in our house, almost all of our fittings are very cheap IKEA ones, and they are all Edison. Ah, so um, like the light bulbs and uh, the light fittings in our kitchen—they're the cheapest IKEA one, but I think the prettiest one. They're just a white plastic sort of big dome. Um, but yeah, all IKEA lights I think are are Edison. So, all right. Hmm. What is the LifeX app like, Dave? Pretty good. Um, it's, it can be slow enough. Like you, obviously you're on 3G or in my case, edge when you're not on Wi-Fi. So if you take the phone out of your pocket, 
the app is unresponsive, well, not unresponsive, but until you connect to Wi-Fi and it does its discovery, it can be slow enough. But I suppose that's not really the fault of the the app. That that is that when you're provisioning um, or just when you're normal day to day turning on and off and changing settings? I just open okay. the app, pretty much. Um, but it's still pretty good. So my other question is. How many of these wonderful features are only used by you or how many of them are easy enough that it's not just you using them? I know pretty good. Um, really? Yeah, I know. Um, it's, it's pretty good, pretty good uptake. Um, there's a lot more music being played in the kitchen. Oh, cool. And cause that's, that's it. Like, I mean, that's what you want. Um, so that's that's the easy part. Like, I mean, if you want music, you just say put on music. That's the easy bit. Turn it down, turn it up, whatever. Denise is overly polite <laughs> um, with, with it. Like, I'm like, Alexa, volume up. Alexa, volume down. Denise is like, Alexa, can you turn up the volume a little bit, please? <laughs> you know? um, that's brilliant. But that, 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 that works just as well, you know? Hey, um, she knows the robot uprising is coming, man. She's just, you know. That's it, you know teach jacob manners so he doesn't go around talking to everyone like they're a home appliance <laughs> yeah yeah and uh the light bulbs as well it's it's pretty nice just uh dimming is is nice and the ability to have them ridiculously bright as well like they're only 800 lumens but they're brighter than any other 800 lumen bulb i've actually had in okay. the kitchen and i left i left one or two others in for comparison with the first light bulb and it's either the others are lying or the LifeX is more than 800. I don't know. And uh, this is a topic that I don't know very much about, but any sense of what the temperature is of the light, like the, like people talk about warm light and w- warm white and cold white, and they measure it, I think, in Kelvin, maybe? Yeah, Um. basically. Do you get a choice, I guess, first of all? Oh, yeah, that's the whole point of the white bulbs. Um, you get to choose between the dentist office, the uh, lighting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm just opening the app here, and it's taking a little while. So uh, we have, let's see, so nine thousand K, which is blue ice. Wow. <laughs> um, then you've eight thousand five hundred, eight thousand. So it goes then in fairly regular increments of 500Ks until we get to, and it goes to 3,500, um, then 3,200, then 3,000, then 2,750, and then 2,500. So you have the choice of all, halogen, all them. Thomas. I, I don't know, Dave. Because I'm looking, I, I'm, look, I'm, open, I'm opening Flux here, and Flux is like... 3,400k and then halogen in brackets. I wonder if that's the, the number. Yeah, I don't know, Dave. Do you think they're CFLs or halogens? No, oh, they're LEDs. Oh, okay. But no, sorry, I was see. wondering, is like the reading or is this, this K stand for halogen? I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's that's it, yeah. The, 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 the light yeah. temperature. And yeah. this is actually quite unusual and relevant because a few months ago, I went light bulb shopping, just conventional light bulb shopping, with a specific uh, purpose. I was trying to do some videos of our app and i experimented with different you know there's sort of hacks around it you can do with overlays and stuff um but i decided i wanted to do an actual video of our app um 
So actually like recording the iPad and somebody using it. Um, and I wanted to get some lights just to eliminate the shadow from the iPad. It's the shadow that the iPad was making in the surface underneath. Um, and I had some light bulb CFLs, but they were quite yellow. So I went shopping to see if I could get um, a, a, a whiter, a colder um, bulb. And I went to a few specialist uh, lighting shops and the um, it's actually quite difficult to get um much variation at all in color temperature so i guess this is another win for these smart lights that being able to dynamically uh pick the color and it's really cool yeah and it's it's really nice as well like i mean you know just the the, the whole room changes i know it's um only a small difference in the the color or whatever but the whole atmosphere of the room really changes when you have it the warm color or the the cold color you know um and i I like i like the having the option cool so that's more than anyone ever needed to know about the amazon echo (laughs) and and life x bulbs any other cool Uh, stuff that you've um been able to make it do not really but i'm gonna make some kind of uh i'm gonna make it do something soon i'm gonna start um doing some kind of Alexa skill development just to just to see what um what's there do you wish you had Alexa in your phone you okay so you can get Alexa on your phone um but she doesn't do any of the local devices because she doesn't it's only the API if you know what I mean so can I get Alexa on my phone or is it just for People who own these things. No, you, you, the Alexa Assistant, there's a, an app on the iPhone called, I think it's called like something ridiculously overloaded, like Swift or something. Um, so there's some some app anyway, if you type in Alexa in the App Store and you can play around with it, Like, but I don't know what the actual functionality is. I know that that app wouldn't turn on my light bulb, so then I deleted it. Okay. Yeah, Swift, Swift for Alexa. Why? Voice services. Because I guess this just sounds so much better than Siri. And as we discussed last episode, I just wonder if this is... Like buying Apple, Apple products is always a bit of a compromise. And, you know, you you gain some things and you lose other things. Um, but it, if the Amazon Home is the sort of killer app... Actually, it's your light bulbs that are the killer app for the Amazon Home, it seems, in some ways. That's it, and um, they don't work with iPhones, or they don't work uh, with Siri, you know? And so, suddenly, yeah. Yeah. You heard it here first. Dave will get his first Android phone within the next 12 months. I already have an Android phone. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you turned it on? Quite bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a few years. <laughs> that was a nice phone. Moto X or something, was it? I am. Moto, Moto G. So, um, I suppose just on that, uh, we've seen that uh, Samsung are also in their ever, ever expanding quest to become Apple are removing the headphone jack as well. Yep. But at least they'll probably do USB-C. Right. Yeah. Which is a win for them. 
I'm a bit surprised that they did because I think Apple had reasons to do it. Kind of is one of these things Apple does to kind of like shove everybody along. Whereas like Samsung could have kept the headphone jack and lots of people would have been happy, right? Like it would have been a differentiation for them. Like not having a headphone jack is, depending on how you look at it, either a feature or a bug. Um, if they're trying to compete with iPhone, you'd think they'd keep their headphone jack and therefore have a point of differentiation. Like it's 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 hard to tell what their decisions are. What you know, like I suppose what I, I sent you guys a video that four months ago when they announced the seven that they were like, oh, and it's got a headphone jack. You know, making a dig at Apple and your man waiting for an applause and giggles and all this kind of stuff. They their decision making process is odd it's a curious one i think In, insert joke about at least it's not yeah. gonna blow up I, here it's, it's probably a good thing for the mm. movement of you know headphones moving towards i suppose more i suppose more headphones being available that aren't using the the jack but they're going to be USB-C headphones i tell you what i think is going to be a really positive move out of this uh, and i know we discussed the headphone jack before but my bose headphones my expensive noise cancellation ones like most um i think expensive headphones have a detachable cord and maybe this will sort of now trigger down to even the lower end headphones so essentially you have a usb-c cable you have a lightning cable which at least i think makes a bit more sense than dongles yeah that's true because it's always the cable yeah. that breaks, yeah. right? Anyway. <laughs> so they announced a new version of uh, your headphones as well there, Thomas Bose did. Yeah, um, they're really expensive. I mean, I was really lucky to get them as a present a few years ago. I had the Bose uh, QuietComfort 15s. Um, Bose is a weird brand that seems to inspire kind of quite strong feelings in the audio community um, they're almost the apple of the <laughs> audio community i think in, in terms of opinions maybe not anything else yeah no i think there are some uh, highly opinionated company um definitely not a, for, afraid to sort of use i don't know would you call them like psychoacoustics so, you know that they're, they're, they're not just about very faithful sound reproduction um i think the, the the consensus is always that they do the noise cancellation better than anyone else yeah the, the audio side of it maybe not but no one's going to beat them on the audio cancellation and and that's the main thing kind of a lot for a lot of people right yeah i mean have you have you tried these buzz or uh yes no i've tried your pair i tried to try the new pair in an apple store Sorry, probably not the newest ones, last year's new ones, but uh, they were out of juice. <laughs> so the whole point about this one, though, is that it can focus in on conversations and stuff so that you're, you know, you, you're sitting down at dinner or in a bar in a noisy place and you have these headphones in, but instead of listening to music, you're actually... Oh, were these the earpods? Yeah. So they're the in-ear ones. Yeah, they're the... the they're, 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 they're not the over-ear kind of ones. No. Um, the, this this new thing that uh, Bose have yeah. announced or whatever. Have we not talked about this before? No, I don't <laughs> think so. 
I'm pretty sure I talked about this before because the the idea is that like if you are hard of hearing that if yeah if you're at a restaurant you could hear the person you're talking to rather than the restaurant around you. Uh, you talked about a similar product, but not the Bose one. Okay, this was a, it was a Kickstarter or something a while back. Right. Okay. Um, the but thing this is, is with, this is Bose. Yeah. With 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 these ones though, is I I presume um, because the thing about the their standard range of noise cancelling headphones is that they're really good at um, blocking out background noise, so any background hum or any constant thing, but they're specifically not designed to. Um, block out like speech or designed to block out like kind of background conversation but if somebody's talking in a room you'll hear them quite clearly and i i remember looking at the 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 new bose product about kind of enhancing um conversation i think most developers would actually like the opposite where it could block out like anybody talking to them so they could get some work done <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like when you like that, where you just put on your headphones and you, it, so people could try and talk to you, but you literally wouldn't hear them at all. It'd be amazing. You get the yeah, slap on the back of the head without <laughs> having to blare music. Yeah. God, I wonder, are we all going to have awful hearing loss in our sixties, mm. like from wearing headphones all day? It's grand. The voices in our heads will keep us company. <laughs> Brilliant. We'll have uh, Bluetooth hearing aids anyway by then that we can get embedded in our skull with bone conduction or something. Yeah. And, um, hey, Alexa, turn on my hearing aids. <laughs> Except you, you'll have, like, a teenage son who'd be like, hey, Alexa, turn off Dad's hearing aid so I can play yeah. my annoying music. Yeah, so I can sneak in at two in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob's going to be the most amazing programmer ever because all this sort of smart home stuff, like... He has to, go, like, circum... Circumvent it, yeah. Like, he's a vested yeah. interest in reckon the, making the alarm not work, making sure any sort of, like, thing that d- Dad has in place to see, like, is my son home? Um, so, yeah, no, it's going to be this nuclear arms race. I look forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep you fresh, Dave. That'd, that'd be to block his Mac addresses when he's bold. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So you ready for my announcement? Oh, yeah. Paz, you ready? No, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> you do care. It's <laughs> of course awesome. I care. I just want to annoy you. <laughs> All right, okay. Yeah. Go. Uh, okay, so. Oh, okay, no. ready? Oh, you going to no. sing it? No, no singing. Okay. You're going to play an instrument. Okay. <gasps> oh, you got the keyboard. my God. <laughs> the keyboard has arrived. Where did you get this? It's arrived on Thursday. Um, so I am now the proud owner of an Apple Extended Keyboard 2. And it is amazing. <laughs> How did you get it? You uh, kept this I, one quiet. I yeah, know. I was dying to tell you about it. I thought because it's one thing that I can sort of announce on the podcast, like hourly, like there's a noise I can do. So what do you do uh, with your life? have the big return key. Yeah. Nice. So um, this thing is amazing. Come so, on, tell us where you got it. Okay, so... Um, 
Thanks to a guy called Stephen Radford on Twitter, who is uh, he's a iOS developer based in the UK. Um, he uh, he turned me on to the fact I was looking, I was searching on eBay.ie, and searching on eBay.ie, it only shows you sellers that will ship to Ireland, and it turns out a lot of UK sellers only ship to the UK. So basically, I was searching for so I've been. Like, basically, for the entire length of this podcast, I've been trying to get one of these babies. Um, but, I, yeah, I wasn't seeing UK sellers who were only shipping to the UK. So, uh, yeah, eventually found one, shipped it to my sister in London, and she posted it to me. Nice. How much? Do you mind telling? Um, I haven't paid my sister yet. Uh, the <laughs> keyboard included... I, it was under fifty pounds, including shipping. Oh, wow. So not okay. too bad. No. And what's the condition like? It's pretty good. So it's a bit yellowed. Um, some guys, there's a a process using like peroxide bleach, like actually from like if 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 you ever look it up, uh, the American SNES consoles as well. They were notorious for going yellow. So there's tons of videos for how to remove the yellowing on your old SNES console, the American yeah. ones. And there's a product called Retro Bright, um, but it's basically it's peroxide, so it's ABS plastic. Um, okay. I'm not decided whether I'm going to do it on mine or not, so the keys aren't yellowed at all, apart from the space bar. Um, That's where uh, the cigarette was left, was it? <laughs> um so yeah the space bar and then the surrounding is made and it also it di- it definitely did have an overlay on it around the f keys um because that bit isn't as yellowed um, okay so one and key ha- doesn't work but it is a key i will never use so can you guess what it is it is a key that you guys both have on your own keyboards? Is it the, the one on the escape, the double S, yeah, and the plus minus? Yes, that one doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> As I always end up hitting it by accident. And I know. Weird, yeah. weird compilation errors or something. And isn't that like a fundamental of Apple interface design, that like corners are easier to hit? Um. So yeah, I, I have no idea why they kept it there, but yeah, it's still there. Um, How many dongles to uh, get it working on a modern computer? Not too bad. So I have uh, now. If I had a, if I had a, is it PS two? No, or? it's ADB, which I think stands for Apple Desktop Boss. And so um, yeah, so I have a product that Griffin made in the early, I guess, the early two thousands called iMate. And um, so it is a wonderful, it's, it's coloured to match the iMac, the original iMac. Um, so it's that kind of Bondy blue. Um, so that's USB to ADB. And then I have an AD, ADB cable, but actually the keyboard didn't come with the original cable. So um, ADB cable is the exact same as an S-Video cable. So that's what I'm using actually to connect. So did you actually test every key on this? <laughs> Sit down one by one. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just realized uh, yesterday that caps lock key doesn't work oh. as well, which is a shame because it's uh, the caps lock. You press it down once um, to uh, activate it and it sort of sticks down and then you press it again and it comes back up. Um, so that does. Does the power key work in the top right? 
Yeah, it does sleep. Sorry, Thomas oh. just sent us a photo, so we're seeing it for the first time. <laughs> so this thing, okay, so do you, do you know the other thing? I got out the weighing scales. It weighs more than my laptop. This thing oh, is you can, a monster. Oh, you can tell that, yeah. Wow. It looks so, like it would weigh more than all of our laptops. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, my MacBook Pro is one and a half kilos and this is 1.75 are you going to use this? Yeah, yeah. Like I've been uh, the first night in, I got in your it, office. Uh, I've actually even been bringing it in and out uh, every day. And <laughs> oh my god! The, the funny thing was, the first night it arrived, I literally sat for an hour and a half, grinning at myself doing typing tests online. You know those like test your yeah, typing yeah. speed. I just did them over and over again. It's so cool. This thing is amazing. Are you, yeah, I mean, I, are you the only one in the office who use this? Because I would probably yeah. kick you out <laughs> or smash it. <laughs> it's, I, I know this probably sounds like a bit of a hipster thing, like, oh, vinyl or whatever. Um, But keyboard feel is just so important for me. And I, I type fast with this and it, um, yeah, it, it's just... It's designed for the typist, I guess. It's amazing. I just saw an article on Polygon today. Top 10 mechanical keyboards. So these are more modern ones with fancy lights and stuff. But oh, there is like DAS keyboard and stuff. Yeah. Um, but there is one near the end. Oh, or where was it? I can't remember, but it's a, uh, it's a typewriter keyboard uh-huh. for the Mac. It's very cool. And there's a little video in it. You put this in the show notes. Uh, Logitech at a PAX East had a wall of keyboards. And it was kind of like a big TV screen, all the pixels, because all the keys can change multiple colors. So they had an animation playing on like 50 keyboards all up in a grid. It was pretty cool. I know I'm a bit obsessive about keyboards and I know this one sort of serves me right, but I do think like any part of your computer that you touch with your body is like really important. So in Excuse terms me? of finding the what? What? Can you say that again? Any part of your computer that you touch with your body. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Like licking the screen. <laughs> you too. I don't care. I got my keyboard. Would you, rec- <laughs> Would you recommend it to us? I mean, is this something that people should rush out and buy all the, the eBay allocation of? I'm a bit conflicted because I want to buy a second one as a backup. Um, once I bought a second one as a backup, um, it's not as cool as my Spectrum keyboard, though. <laughs> I, as Baz said, it's probably not something for a shared environment unless you have very understanding co workers. It is loud, loud. Um, I, so you I, could bring this into work and then get everyone a pair of hear pods. Yeah. From Bose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Worth it. I think I, I think for some people the key travel would be too much. Um I am such an old man that I actually learned to type on a 
mechanical typewriter. So same, in same school. actually. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. So we probably had we the had same teacher. So um so I think that does maybe make a difference. Um it's definitely something worth trying. Like I know people really go down the rabbit hole of mechanical keyboards and stuff, and I think, well, it's important. You touch it. It's important. With your body. <laughs> With my body. <laughs> and just in your research, was there any keyboard in particular that was is a modern equivalent? Uh, I think people say the DAS keyboard. I don't know if that's in Baz's list or not. Uh, uh, I, mean, I would say it probably is. Because actually the DAS keyboard is not... Yeah, it, yeah, is, it is. The DAS keyboard yeah. X40. Um, Apple Extended Keyboard 2 is actually a bit quieter than, say, like the IBM Model M or... It's not, it's not sort of... It's a little bit more restrained. Jeez, the DAS keyboard is ugly, though. It really is. <sighs> It's a why do gamers gamer. have no taste? Oh, oh, controversial! Anything made for gamers is awful. Like, what's that um, company that makes like laptops for gamers? Alienware, oh, the one Alienware. bought by Dad. Yeah. they're all awful looking. Mm-hmm. Like, just because you can put loads of lights under your keys yeah. doesn't mean you should. <laughs> uh Sorry, gamers. I'm sure you do have taste. I think but. I actually think some of the designs of these keyboards, they're way over the top. But some of them just have ah, nice little features here and there, you know, on them. So another fun fact. Um, so the fundamental part of a mechanical keyboard is the switch underneath each key, and one of the big manufacturers and the manufacturer of the keys inside mine is a Japanese company called Alps. Um, and they still have a factory in Mill Street, County Cork. Wow. So that's how much of this. Uh, so the keyboard was built in our, uh, Cork and the switches were also built in Cork. And it was designed in Limerick? Yeah. So part of the plan of this, which we discussed in a previous episode, was um, I, I learned in Wikipedia that the company that did the design of this keyboard was based in Limerick at the time. And I contacted the guy and he said, I said, oh, if I was able to get a keyboard, like, could I interview you? And would you maybe sign uh, the keyboard? So, uh, yeah, so he hasn't got back to me, but I did email him. But it was funny because I was sort of, I was saying to him, like, how amazing I thought this keyboard was. And I was like, well, I'm actually kind of giving user feedback on a design that you did, like, over 25 years ago. Like, that's pretty incredible. Mm. But, um, yeah. I am delighted. This thing is amazing. Yeah, well kept. Uh, well done keeping that a secret anyway. I was so dying to tell you. When did you get it? Uh, Thursday. Okay. I literally, like, every evening I've just been just typing. Like, random stuff. Not, like, writing or anything. Just typing. Just to hear it. So amazing. I pictured, you know, when people have like the white noise to go to sleep or the sound of the ocean. <laughs> Thomas will just have an MP3 of random type, <laughs> random type. So uh, I look forward to your next obsession anyway. Yeah. Speaking of keyboards, um, our local Apple dealer, CompuB, have finally got uh, the new MacBook Pros. So a bit of follow up. I got to try one out yesterday. Uh, so I tried out both the Touch Bar and the non-Touch Bar uh, MacBook Pro. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so a bit more time on the keyboard. And la- so follow up from the last episode, the last episode we talked about to really get your head around the quality of the keyboard, you'd have to sort of try the new MacBook Pro and then try the 12 inch MacBook keyboard side by side. Yes. So I did. Um, the MacBook Pro keyboard is better and I didn't bring my noise cancelling headphones, but I think the the sound, the acoustics of the MacBook Pro keyboard do help, but it's not solely down to the acoustics. Um, the, the keys are a little bit better. Yeah. But I again, would, I think it's something you get quite used to. Mm, not sure. I have to say, though, it's a little bit of a bigger change, but like the difference when I switched from the MacBook Air to the MacBook Pro, the 2015 MacBook Pro, the keyboard is definitely worse on my machine than it is on yours. So they've been progressively making the key travel shorter. Yeah, I think when I when I moved from the the MacBook to the air the key travel was the the thing that got me like but now going back to the going back to that other mac i'm like wow you really have to really have to move these keys so i suppose just you adapt you know well, some of us so, choose uh, to go back to 1990 yeah. <laughs> that's it <laughs> is that why you were listening to all that old music there the other day yeah or is that just the music you listen to all the time anyway shut up he was typing in rhythm with it. <laughs> rhythm <laughs> is a dancer. <laughs> Speaking of music, by the way, I do it as one of the most hurt, hurtful things. Not the one of the most hurtful things you've ever said to me, but one of the slides. Because oh. <laughs> there are many. One thing you said be- that has sort of stuck with me, and I've been ruminating for a very long time, is on a previous episode, you said... Apple Music is for people like you who listen to the same 15 albums over and over again. Yeah. And I'm like, shut up, Bass. But we had this I, conversation I at my apartment one night when we were listening to music. This isn't the first, that's the reason I brought it up. We had this thing and you, you just kept recommending all these albums from the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> so I was really annoyed, but then I was kind of forced to go, do you know what? He's fucking right. But anyway, so <laughs> get Spotify. Like the the best thing you can do next year is get rid of Apple Music, get Spotify, start listening to stuff, get Discover Weekly and Release Radar and stuff like that. Yeah. And you'll be picking up all the new stuff. Well, exactly. Um, so partly to get a tiny bit of street cred, but also, yeah, so I'm basically, I'm giving up Apple Music and I'm going to switch to Spotify. And this. Really? Yeah. Okay. I thought there'd be more of a fight here about this. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> this you're right. I, I don't want to like, you know, <laughs> it's not global, but uh, yeah. So the straw that broke the camel's back is, um, so you know uh, what Apple calls sound check, which... Yeah, the volume limiter. Yeah. So, which has been a feature. I had a monochrome iPod and it had it. Yes. So it's been around for a very long time. So this is where it's essentially volume equalization across your music library. For some reason in Apple Music, is it is broken and it is broken in a really annoying way. So what happens is, is when you play a, 
a song, not every song, but it seems like definitely more than half the songs you play in Apple Music, there will be a really noticeable voice uh, volume jump after the first five seconds of a song. So you kind of miss the intro because the intro is really low and then it the volume jumps up high. And oh. it's so irritating. It's like it kind of wrecks the song, you know? Hmm. I haven't done any searching, so I don't know if this is a thing that everybody is experiencing or maybe nobody is actually using Apple Music, so nobody cares. Um, but uh, yeah, this is the final straw. I'm like, I'm not paying for this service that like can't even play a song properly for me. So farewell, Apple Music. I'm off to Spotify. Uh, will you miss the soundcheck feature in general? I don't know. I presume Spotify is something similar, does it? I don't know. Maybe it does it automatically, um, I guess. Although having said that, I know I've talked to a few customers of mine who are, I'm probably ratting them out here because this is against the both the Spotify and the um, Apple Music terms of services, but they're cafes, restaurants and pubs who use... Um, the free version of Spotify? Well, no, they use the paid version, but I think even the paid version you're not supposed to use in a commercial environment. But I talked to a few of them who switched from Spotify to Apple Music, um, specifically. And they closed down. No, <laughs> but because of soundcheck. So actually, they were saying that the volume, I guess, normalization on Spotify wasn't great. Okay. Um, but. Yeah, so settings, playback, enable audio normalization. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So it's the setting. It, and was it on, in Spotify, was it yeah. on for you by default, Dave? Um, I'm just going to check now. Um, I don't, I don't know. I tend to notice when that sort of thing is on, though, because, um, you know, obviously it has it has some effects. I have it on actually. I've never noticed it. It's important, you know. I guess what? Obviously, I've sort of fairly advanced musical taste, so you know the <laughs> pitch pitch perfect soundtrack. You know, to get that kind of, you know. There's a lot of voices in there, you know. That's the thing with acapella. Very detailed. Only voices, though. Yeah, that's why this is important. So anyway, uh, I'm go- Yeah, I had it off, but I'm going to put it on and see if I notice a difference. And even if there's differences between songs, that is better than having the run volume randomly jump within a song. Yeah. Like, that's unacceptable. So I don't know what it is. Um... I've not been a particularly happy Apple Music customer anyway. So, and they've got rid of the hamburger icon. So, they have. Good or bad? Uh, good, I guess. That was one of the things that I gave up Spotify. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's so much better. So, yeah. Cool. Give it a few months anyway. Yeah. So, did, did you try the actual touch bar though? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. The touch bar is the other thing. Yes, I did try it. I think it's simultaneously going to be useless, but also game-changing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hedging my bets here. Um, I think it's going to be, maybe game-changing is the wrong word. I just noticed with the volume and brightness sliders that I did feel, so going from the Touch Bar MacBook Pro to the non-Touch Bar MacBook Pro, after using the slider to change the volume and the, or the brightness, it felt really primitive to be pressing a button multiple times. 
Um, so I think that will catch on really quickly and will feel natural and will wonder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll feel really primitive, sort of pressing a button multiple times. Is there um, is there fine scrubbing if you hold it longer or anything? No, but it, it, it's a bit weird. Like, it's not like, what's the... Because I, I always feel like with audio, sometimes the... The steps in the too big increase in volume. volume. It's too big, isn't it? For if you're, I, I know you can do alt shift something or other um, to do incremental steps on the MacBook. Um, I think it's all shift volume up and down to do incremental steps, but that's um, wrong. But it is, it is actually all shift. Um, it's not working it's, for you. Alt shift what? Volume up and down. That doesn't work on my machine. Stop using oh. that old keyboard. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> it actually doesn't work on my old keyboard, but it does on my laptop. <laughs> there you go. There's another key. Maybe it's just like this whole left-hand side doesn't work for you. It seems to be like at that area. Maybe like someone spilled their coffee on it. Uh, are we going on to what makes us happy? Or is that enough for today? Or Yeah. Good. Okay. Good. I'm going to talk about Last Guardian next week. I'll probably finish it by then. But uh, it's class. It's class. Okay. It's really bad, but it's class. Cool. <laughs> okay, can I stop recording? Um, can I stop recording? What? No. What's making us happy? Oh, sorry. I thought you said we weren't doing that. Because yeah. we were talking. It wouldn't much. be an episode. It wouldn't oh, be an sorry. episode if we didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How the, the pe- people listening would just think that it like it stopped downloading or something. Yeah. I also, I do think like. This podcast has increased my happiness over the past six months. Force, like, forcing you to appreciate it. Have you been doing it for six yeah. months? Longer. Uh, there, yeah, there I think it's probably. Yeah. I suppose I have it at about nine. A sprout so I get to start, I guess. In terms of. Yeah. Yeah. The lost episodes. <laughs> so I get to Thursday and then the panic sets in. And I then I have to kind of frantically search around. And ask other people who aren't on this podcast if they any ideas. What we need to do and so I've discovered to make Thomas stuff. even happier, we need to do what three things are making you happy this week. Then, so we'll we'll ramp up <laughs> from 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 the new yeah. year. It'll be what two things are making you happy this week, but only, only for Thomas. He need, he needs it, you know. Yeah. So Thomas, what's making you happy? Uh, Chile is away this weekend, so I there's a certain category of tv programs that uh we don't watch together um kind of sci-fi related ones is one so i'm probably the last person to watch uh, black mirror Woo. which i love uh i didn't realize there was charlie brooker yeah so i've been yeah. reading his column in the guardian for the past like 15 years Hipster. i must be old now um but yeah really really clever verging on depressing but clearly written yeah i can't watch more than <laughs> yeah. like one at a time but um how how far are you in uh, two episodes i watched two episodes last night yeah right. yeah when you've watched uh white christmas let oh me know what God. You of, the uh, ending of that alexa <laughs> <laughs> the ending of white christmas is the most horrible thing to think about but it got me thinking yeah. about something um which is about sci-fi and about ethics in technology Mm-hmm. So, mm. no ethics. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I, I think so. The there is a, a kind of cliche which is somehow accurate that like 
programmers or technical people tend to be into sci-fi. Yep. And I think we're in an era where technology is giving us a huge amount of power and so much of sci-fi is dedicated towards exploring some of the ethical issues um, that might that technology might present us in the future. And I kind of feel that, I don't know, almost that the other way, like doctors and solicitors have kind of professional bodies that everybody has to be a member of. I almost feel that like, and this is speaking of someone who isn't really a sci-fi fan, um, but that like literally to be a programmer, there is a kind of a long list of sci-fi books that you have to read first. And if if every single programmer was a sci-fi fan, maybe some of the bad stuff about technology, I don't know, wouldn't be so bad. I don't know if that, that makes any sense. Um, no, yeah. There should be, like, there could there could be an ethics module as well, you know, not so much to make people read books, but study ethics, you know, part of movies or something that are part of books. Uh, Engineers Ireland and I suppose IEEE or whatever by extension are big into ethics and they're trying to get into the software engineering, software development side of things. But I don't know. So that would be a professional body. But I think, to be honest, they're just doing it because the the old building engineers went through a bit of a rough time. Hmm. But definitely like kind of to call yourself an uh a software engineer you must have seen all the star wars films at least three seasons of star trek you must have read x amount of the terry pratchett canon x number of neil stevenson books i don't know like uh, i've never read terry pratchett book i've never seen a star wars film i've never seen the star or trek episode i don't know what i'm talking about but like i got a real yeah i was just thinking about that today that like and I think Star Trek, um, specifically, like the next generation was very, very moral. Um, and I think, you know, uh, probably, I don't bordering on preachy if you look back at it, but there were some brilliant episodes on, um, for example, whether the, the Android character was like owned by starfleet or whether he was his own person and you know that that kind of thing there was some really good episodes that were basically the entire focus of them was on ethical dilemmas i'd recommend westworld as well (laughs) yeah exactly i'd recommend you watch star trek the next generation thomas Uh, if you can get past the spandex in the first few seasons yeah (laughs) so i guess i've I've never watched it either thomas okay so i i fully admit to being a little bit snobby about sci-fi in the past to my shame um but i i'm having a bit of a sort of late in life conversion which actually kind of excites me it's like fuck there's all this stuff to discover like dungeons and dragons that sounds cool get into that (laughs) and if you're if you want to be really snobbish then like i mean you you still have the the kind of the kurt vonnegut and the the gene wolf yeah and a literary sci-fi stuff as well if you you know if you need to hold on to some kind of a um i don't know some literary yeah that's it i have read a kurt kurt vonnegut anthology but i think it was um of his non-fiction stuff oh my god is he an amazing writer yeah um definitely so yeah i feel i have a whole 
vista of stuff in my late 30s that I get to discover. And I'm really excited about that. And um, just on that, it, it pops up on Hacker News every so often, but someone has started a, a sci-fi magazine on it. It's oh. free, um, but you can, you know, Patreon and stuff, and it's all short stories. So I think that's one of the things that's pretty cool about sci-fi. I don't know, is it that kind of, is it the norm for other genres? It, it probably is. I'm just ignorant to it. But you can walk into Eason's any day of the week and buy two or three magazines full of sci-fi short stories if you want to. Cool. You know, um, so yeah, good fun. And we, and we need this stuff. We need to think about ethical implications of, do you know, like, I just think like sent you know, machine learning and some, I don't know. Yeah. So we need sci-fi more than ever at the moment, I suppose. Yeah. It reminds me of that, um, that old joke, um, about programmer programming um i'm trying to find it now because i don't want it to be too ridiculous basically the gist of it is um you should a programmer should never write a function called bomb city or whatever do you know where city is the the name of the city um the the programmer should write a function called bomb and they should take the city as a parameter <laughs> Brilliant. so yeah that's the programmer's view on ethics <laughs> so i've harped on enough about what's making me happy this week anyway alexa and lifex light bulbs so over to you baz yeah um i guess we talked recently about what i talked on what was making me happy last week was two very old games <clears throat> came out within a week of each other so two sorry two games announced nine and ten years ago respectively came out in the last week so one of them that i've been playing a lot uh today actually and it's called the last guardian um it's 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 an odd game because it feels like an old game it feels like there's a lot of things in it that are badly done so two big things are camera movement and controls in video games if you get them wrong it can really really ruin the rest of the game so one of the ones i was giving out about on twitter today is the jump button on the playstation controller is triangle which makes no sense because x is always jump it's always the button at the but bottom tri- is jumping any tri- video games triangle's pointing up you see that's what the guy pretty much is thinking who made this game up and then down for the difference because the character's movements also kind of translates into a secondary character in the game so the thing I like about the game a lot and um, that's making me happy is the secondary character, the secondary character. So you're a boy, secondary character um, who you kind of have control over is this giant cat beast with wings that kind of is like a dog as well. Is, is that your guardian? <laughs> Sorry, am I? That's the guardian. Yeah, it's Trico is his name. Um, and it's the, the, the emotion, I guess, that they've, so what they've done over the last nine years is it got this this creature that feels very very real um there's a lot of like there's a lot of exploration around the game so the whole game is environmental exploration so like when he moves and jumps between certain places there's this huge amount of weight to his character um his body movements his emotion emotional reading i guess you get from his face um because his eyes kind of change colors and he's got these really amazing looking cat eyes uh do you know when you look at cats, cat's eyes and they have that kind of reflection in the back? Only when they're angry uh, with you, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of has that kind of thing. And uh, 
So, and I, I didn't, it's just kind of nicely done. The character's really well, well done and animated. It's just, I guess you can see where they put nine years of work in. Uh, a lot of the environments are beautiful and stuff, but it's a, it's a hard game as well because you are fighting with the controls a lot. You're fighting with the camera, but it's kind of worth it. And I guess the emotional attachment between your character and this beast um, is pretty exceptional so far. It's kind of nice as well as he gets attacked like... Well, not nice, but he's got all these blood stains on him. Like you have to pull the spears out of him. Um, but they kind of stay on his fetters for the whole game. Yeah, he's like this big feathered beast as well. Um, but when he helps you to attack characters, he gets really, really emotional after the fights. So you have to go up and you have to calm him down. You have to rob him and stuff like this. And it's this weird bonding thing. The story goes along like he, your bond grows and grows more and he kind of helps you out more. It's kind of cool. Um, so it's a diff, you know, it's just an interesting type of game. Uh, I think when people talk about being a gamer, sometimes it's very much about killing and shooting and stuff like that, or very simplistic games where I find this kind of game it explores kind of uh, more emotional side of things as well as kind of more traditional gameplay with exploration. It kind of has this new way um, of explaining, I guess, a journey. But while I was waiting for this as well to load, I played another game called Virginia, which is uh, based in. The States, you're an FBI agent back in 1992 or something. But the unique thing about that game was it tells a whole story without any dialogue at all. Um, and it was super cool. Super, super weird. Had me very, very confused. But by the end, you kind of figure out what's going on. You're, yeah, it was just really cool because the, you knew what was going on this whole story, but not one line of dialogue is spoken in the whole thing. It's all emotions and character animations and, you know, presentation and stuff like that. So Why? They're my games this week that were they were making me happy. Randomly, like because I had to wait for this game, uh, the last guy to download, I said, okay, I'll throw on Virginia that I've had for ages. And I just kept playing it, even though Last Garden is downloaded, I just kept playing it until I finished it. So it Do either of these games have enhancements for the PS4 Pro? <laughs> so not Virginia, it runs like ass. <laughs> um and The Last Guardian runs like ass on the regular PS4. So I guess on the PS4 Pro it runs at a pretty steady 30 frames a second this game another thing as well what i like about video games is what i want to know more is the the process behind it because it's very much like movies you know that kind of thing like what happened in the making of a movie i want to know what the hell happened in the making of this game why it really did take nine years i can see certain elements of it that are so incredible that i can kind of go okay this might have taken nine years but like you hear stories of so it's a sony uh first party game uh, company i don't know they only make games for sony but it sounds like all the other sony first party companies game companies had some input on helping the game try to get oh, made wow. and stuff like this that's the rumor like they had to get all the resources in and be like oh, you have to help these guys get the game done so i think the creator of this game only he could make something like this in terms of division and stuff like that lots of other game developers could make it run better, look better, and stuff like that. I think the game looks fantastic, by the way. But um, what he wanted to convey in emotions, because like, it's kind of funny, Like there's a, there's a scene I was in, and it's a spiral staircase, and you're on the creature, and it's moving up the spiral case, staircase, but like it's meandering and making sure its steps are very calculated. It's looking around to kind of see what's the best route up and stuff like this, because it's broken along the way. Um, and yeah, you really feel convinced that this is an animal of sorts that you're dealing with you know nor normally i guess with ai you just be like okay they should know how to figure it out but this is 
essentially a, not a dumb beast, but it's, you know, still a beast. You know, it's not that intelligent. So you can kind of give it some slack and it feels like it is thinking its way through everything. I think that's that's insane. If you can kind of give that kind of life to an inanimate object or a video game character, I think that's a skill in itself. Um, and I don't think anyone's done it as well as this. Yeah. So that's me rambling about video games. Cool. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Very excited. <laughs> so when this podcast finishes, I'm going to go back and play it now more.